Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Hype Squad podcast. I'm so happy that you're here with us today. Get ready to be inspired, to be empowered, and get hype about life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hype Squad podcast. I am super pumped for today's episode. I'm here with my friend Danny Rome, and I love talking to Danny because it always it's always fun. I always get a giggle, but I always get so much insight and so much um, I get a lot of aha moments talking to her. So let's talk about Danny for a hot second. She is a confidence coach. She helps women build careers, redefine relationships with their partners and break habits that may be holding them back in life so that they can reach their maximum potential. Um, And today we're going to be talking about topics that I personally love, topics that really get me excited and things that have helped not only me, but I think a lot of people in and around our circles change their lives and make them find joy again and make them really happy again. So we're talking about living on your own terms. Hi, Danny. Yeah, yeah. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to dive in with you today. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thanks for being here with us. So why don't you tell us a little bit about maybe what brought you to confidence coaching and life coaching? Mm. Was there something that triggered it for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll try to make this as concise as possible. Yeah, all good. Um, So yeah, about so four years ago, uh, four and a half, I was in a career wedding and event planning, and it was always my goal and my dream to do that job. I really never thought past that. Um, So I guess at the time I thought, okay, that was going to be it for the rest of my life. But I think what we know to be true now, especially with millennials, is that we're going to change careers a number of times. Anyway, so I digress. So um, I was in that career. I was engaged to be married, and I was going down that path, you know, how I described as that checklist life. Um, everybody's checklist could look a bit different, but I had realized that I was like checking off all of the, the boxes and people would always comment about how great my life must be. You know, we owned this really nice house and had the dog and like, you know, living the life, so to speak. But every time people were saying that to me, it never felt that way inside. Mm. And I didn't really know what that meant or you know, I, I, I wasn't as in tune with, you know, what it feels like on the inside at the time. So I just kept going. I kept checking the boxes, kept moving forward. And then it was about six months until my wedding day that I just, you know, obviously a number of events that lined up to realize that I was living a life that I didn't necessarily consciously, um, aspire for. And Mm. I felt like I was going with the motions and I was, doing what was coming at me and what was like the next logical step as opposed to really stepping back and figuring out what I wanted for myself. So in that, the first thing I did for myself was I I realized that as um, content of a life I could have with the person that, you know, I was about to get married to, I believed that there was either a partner out there that was more suitable for me Mm -hmm. or I could choose myself and be on my own the rest of my life. But I knew that I had the strength to make that choice and either way I would be okay. That's huge, right? That's huge. Making that choice and understanding that either way you're going to be okay. So you chose you at that point. You chose you. For the first time ever, ever. And that's, 
it's a really hard choice to make. It really, really is. And it can stem from, you know, leaving relationships, leaving jobs, or as small as like, okay, I'll use a silly example, like a really small example so that we can bring it down for people to kind of digest a little bit. It's like, you know, when you're making dinner and one person wants one thing. So I am in a household where it's my two boys and my husband and then me there are certain things they won't eat that I eat. So sometimes I choose me and I make my own dinner and I oh. eat a dinner that I enjoy, that I'm going to love. And then I'll make them something else. People are like, oh, that's so much work. You're going the extra step. And I'm like, the next extra step. But I feel so satisfied after. Like, mm -hmm. right? So it can be as small as what meal you choose to as big as you leaving, you know, a partner that you've been with for so long or leaving a career and... Mm -hmm. It's so important when we choose us, we choose joy. And when we choose joy, we change our lives. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And going along this path and then, so like, again, speeding it up a bit, but you know, I, I found a life coach about six months after leaving my partner. And that's just when I found this newfound confidence that I never had before. Hmm. I started to realize I would love to own a business, but I was so um, not sure of my skills and my abilities and a bit lower self-esteem. And yeah. so once I started to do the work, I uncovered all of my potential. And so that, that is really what I wanted to help other women with. And that's when I really realized like, that's what's been knocking at my door for my purpose all along. And of course there were other steps that it took. Uh, and yeah, like choosing ourselves. And I see this theme over and over again with clients and friends and in all different areas yeah. of life where like we're putting everybody else before ourselves and our wishes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't even know what that is. Like we don't even know what we truly want. And it starts there, right? It starts mm -hmm. at step one. Um, yeah, it's really, yeah, step into that. Yeah, you really do need to step into that. And it's so important. So you said that when you... Um, so you got a life coach and that life coach brought up things that or you were able to do the work to finally see the things. And then you brought up the word confidence. Do you think, and confidence is a big thing. And I've had a few mm. conversations with people lately about confidence and I've had someone say to me, you know, you were born with it. And I'm like, who was born with what? Like I was, no, this, this took years and years. Uh, to me personally, I think that confidence is a skill that is built. It's not something that we, you know, some people may inherit it, but things could happen along the road that may bring that confidence down. What are things that you do and what are things that you teach people on, on how to bring that confidence up and how to like really tap into it to, to choose them and to, and to make the changes in their life? Yeah, that, I love all that. That's such a great point. Uh, and so even to start with, yeah, I think that we're born with, you know, our passion and the mm. energy that we bring to the world and our intensity and, and all of those pieces and the confidence that is a muscle we are building. And I keep learning over and over again that when I become and build confidence in one area of life, then all of a sudden life presents me with another area to build that confidence. Isn't life great that way? You're never done. Yeah, never. exactly. And so how to help like, I think the biggest thing I really help clients with and people in my life is going out there and doing the scary thing and just starting. And another thing we have to kind of break down is the perfectionism, because I think right. perfection and wanting to do it right and perfect the first time keeps people from starting. Mm -hmm. So we have to get off the starting block to then be able to start to build those new skills or try things that we've always wanted to try. And something I've really come to know is that 
you're never going to know if you don't try it and it's okay if the thing that you try doesn't become the thing that you master. Now there's certain types and designs. I won't dive into human design, but there's certain designs that are meant to master things. Um, so certain types of people, and then there's other people that are here to, to try a variety of things to find out what they love and like finding out what is innately um, unique to you. So I think that's a really other important thing about how I help people is I figure out what is most desired to them and what is the way in which it works for them. And of course, sometimes we have to change some stuff that isn't working, right? Of course. Old, old beliefs and patterns and stuff too. And I think that takes that takes a lot of courage in and of itself, right? People tend to think that um, that a new mindset and a new frame of mind is easy to jump into. That it's like easy to to jump into a new life, into a new that it's easy to even choose yourself. But there's a lot that goes into it. There, let's be real. It's it's hard to take that first step. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to take that first step. It's almost painful sometimes to take that first step because with that first step comes all the shit that you didn't want to deal with before. All the stuff that was hiding in the background going, I'm here, but you don't want to deal with me. So I'm just going to hold you back until you deal with me. And then I'll let you take that first step. Right? So I think this came up in a podcast episode prior where we were talking about, you know, just jumping in two feet. And then when we finished the taping, I was thinking and I was like, but how, how do we get someone from zero to 60, right? How do we, how do you think we can help our listeners and help people? What's the first step in taking the first step? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I think it depends on like what the person is willing to invest in themselves. Mm -hmm. I think I like, and okay, this is, I'm going to even say, okay, yes, this is my business. I am a coach, but even thinking back to the time when I wasn't a coach and I first found my coach, the, the, a, you're investing in yourself, eh? Right. Like, sure. You're paying, you're investing in the person that's um, helping you and supporting you. But like, I know to be true that if you want to get different results, you've got to do things differently. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to achieve something that somebody else is already living and doing and being, then learning from them and having that support is going to just help so much to get you to that next level. Totally. Um, and then, yeah, like there's just things to, to yeah, clear up. It's a different road for everyone, for sure. It really is. Um, but I think what's really important is that people understand that there's there's always help, right? You don't have to do yes. it on your own. And if you're not no. ready, right? If you're not ready to invest in, in a coach or a program or a system or whatever it is, have a conversation with someone. Be, you know, stand up and say, listen, I'm having a really hard time with this can we talk it over? You know, can we have this conversation? And I think that's key in, in what you do also with relationships and teaching people how to redefine their relationships and maybe even, um, setting boundaries within those. Absolutely. And, and just to touch on that for a second too, it brings me to, sometimes it's reading a book. Like you can get so much from those resources, reading a book. I know, uh, you know, just from Farinai's experience outside of this podcast world and pre COVID, uh, going to speaking events and going yes. and listening to people, TED talks, like whatever you can find on the internet now that we're a bit more restricted and being inspired by people. And actually to bring it back briefly, when I was sort of um, 
in that space of wanting to change my life and feeling really stuck in my relationship and career back mm -hmm. five years ago, a, t a TED talk actually gave me a little bit of a nudge. I saw the passion that this guy was speaking and delivering on in the TED talk. And it was like, oh my gosh, I used to be that person. I used yeah. to be excited and passionate about life. So you never know. I think that would be it. Staying open to like mm -hmm. the tools, the support and the ways that you can start to move forward. And that like those little nudges will show up if you're open to looking for them. Oh, yeah. that's so key, right? You have to be yeah. open to looking for them. You have to be aware that you're going to get those nudges, that you're mm -hmm. going to get those signs and those clues that it's time to time to make a change or time to move mm -hmm. on or time to set um, to set yourself up for, for the rest of your life. But that can change and that can evolve, right? People are so, yes. a lot of people are scared that Okay, so I make this choice. I quit my job today. I'm going to follow my passion. It doesn't work out the way I want it to. Then I'm done. And I'm like, but but you're not done, right? Like you're, yeah. you're still here. Your your form is still here. You're still breathing. You got to wake up today. It's a new chance to try again or go back to a job or whatever it is, right? Like yes. The Taking that risk, taking that chance, choosing you doesn't end there. You can continue. You can keep going. You can try new things. You can evolve. You can change. Um, and I think that's really important. People think, you know, I can't change my mind, but you can change your mind. Exactly. Right? Like who's – and I – yeah, two thoughts on that. So the first yeah. one is absolutely. We've been programmed that you have to make one decision – follow one path and do that the rest of your life or whatever was conditioning for you. It's all different depending on how you were raised. Yeah. And yeah, I called such BS to that because that is so the opposite of how my design is um, and my unique way of living life is to try different things. Cause that's, I believe the only way you're going to learn what is for you. And to just speak on what you were sharing there too, about how like, we all think the journey is linear and it's like a straight mm. arrow pointing forward. And if you could see me right now, it's like, no, the, the journey is actually like a roller coaster. You go up right. a hill, then you hit the peak, then you come down the hill, then you come back up again. Like it's continuously um, up and down to get to your goal or to where you want to go. And even career wise, 2016, I realized I was unhappy in the wedding mm. and event planning world. It was 2018 when I launched my business. And what right. I did in between that time was I kept pivoting and I kept um, doing different sources of income until I could get to the point where I could run my business and step away from those things. And I think what I wish I knew then the most was that it didn't have to be like all or nothing. I didn't have to go yeah. from having the career job to jumping into owning a business solely full time from one step to the next. Yeah. And that that journey can look different for all of us. It totally can. And you know what? My, I did something similar. I, I spent, oh goodness, I spent the, the greater part of five years building a network marketing company and it was wildly successful and I did really, really great things with it. And it opened up doors and paths and all this incredible stuff until one day I was like, ugh, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I've drained the joy. Every time I go do something, when it comes to my business, I just feel lousy. It felt icky. It felt wrong. And I was like, okay, what, like, what do I, what do I do now? I was so scared to walk away. I was so scared to walk away mm. from the uncertainty of 
of just life and, you know, being a mom and a wife and a, and a homeowner and all that stuff. It was like, holy crap, what do I do now? I wish someone had told me then, don't step away too quickly. Explore mm-hmm. in between. And then yes. when you're ready to step away, then you can fully step away and continue to build on what you've already built. Um, you can taste the waters, you can do the things, you can, you know, you can have fun doing them. But when the fun stops, I think it's time to kind of check yourself, reevaluate, see why, where, when, how it stopped. <laughs> and then figure out, like you said, where your passion lies again, whether it's from watching a YouTube video or reading a book or whatever it is, find whatever sparks that in you and then continue mm-hmm. to move on through that. I think it's so important for people to understand. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. So what about relationships? So you left a relationship, which was a huge choice to make. Like that's, that's scary. That's a scary thing to do. And I'm sure maybe you have clients that come to you, um, Mm. that are in that same spot where maybe they, they don't want to leave because of the comfort and the, and the knowing, and they're in their comfort zone and they don't want to rock the boat too much, but Mm -hmm. they're so unhappy how do you, how do you coach people through something like that? How do you help them? How do you help them see the value of choosing themselves in that sort of situation when it comes to relationships? Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because I've had a few different types of clients in that space. So I've had the clients who were done and like already separated, Mm -hmm. but they really wanted to learn more about themselves and the relationship with themselves Mm. as they went on to that new part of their journey. And then I've had women who were coming on like their 10 year wedding anniversary and wanted to figure out like, do I stay or do I go? Am I really in this? And because of the invested time and energy and, you know, commitment to their partner, they really wanted to figure it out um, to know for sure what that answer was. Because I think with the fast responses, social media, online dating, all of the accessibility at our fingertips, it seems so easy to think that the grass is greener on the other side. So what I really help clients do is figure out, okay, like what is coming up for you? First of all, what are the pain points? What is the struggle in the relationship? And then we start to really break it down because here's the thing, guys, you marry your unconscious mind. Like your partner is reflecting back to you all of the stuff that you get to work through in life and in relationship. And so when you have that healthy foundation and you know what to look for and you have the right tools, then you can go, Oh, like, okay. Little example, like they never do the dishes or they leave their socks everywhere. When we're starting to get frustrated about those little things, Mm -hmm. nine times out of 10, we've, um, avoided, setting a boundary and we are now just getting mad at the littlest things because things have built up over time. The bigger things become the little things. And then if there's no boundaries in place, then you're exhausted. You're either overdoing or underdoing because Mm. you're just so overwhelmed with the state of the relationship. So a lot of what I help women with is figuring out what boundaries do they need to set? What do they want for themselves? Because when we have, there can be that codependency in relationships too, where we rely on our partners to solve all of our needs and to meet all of our needs. And we cannot put all that pressure on that partner. We know how hard it is to meet our own needs. Oh my gosh. Outside of ourselves to do that. Right. Oh, completely. That's so, it's so important. And, um, boundaries is something that has been coming up the last few years. And I think some people 
don't understand a boundary um, mm -hmm. when it comes on a personal spiritual level, not even spiritual level, when it comes to a personal level of this is, this is the line I need. You. And it, you know what? A boundary, I think that's what people think the misconception of a boundary is, is that it's a line, right? Like don't cross the line. Mm -hmm. If you cross the line, it's going to annoy me. You've crossed my boundary and I'm going to get really pissed off. I think what a boundary is, is a line. It's not even a line. It's like a, you give a little, I give a little. If you're yeah. not willing to reciprocate my amount of giving or what I'm doing or how, you know, I feel, if you're not willing to acknowledge that, then that's where we have a problem, right? That's where it's like the socks, the dishes, that kind of <laughs> stuff. It's just, it's a, I think it's a love language and it's a, you yeah, know, too. if yeah. you could just do a little bit of this, it's going to make me feel so much better, right? It's an emotional acknowledgement of I see you and you see me, I think, is, is where a healthy boundary is constructed mm -hmm. within and a relationship. For sure. And I think the most interesting part, and I, I have to continually wrap my head around this, is that boundaries are about you. They're really, yeah. truly not about the other person. Your boundaries are teaching people how to treat you. And it comes up in all relationships, not just our romantic partners. Yeah. It comes up with our family, in-laws, yeah. parents. Um, some of the biggest boundaries you're going to set are going to be with the people closest to you. And 100%. I can tell you it feels uncomfortable AF yeah. for sure. Um, but when you're setting a boundary in a healthy way, I even have like a step-by-step -step process I walk people through. Um, and when you set a boundary in a really clear and concise way and you hold the boundary, Mm -hmm. then you get met with so much, I don't, I don't love the word compliance, but you get met with respect and yes. people will respect your boundaries when you are respecting yourself enough to set them. Because the only way people can like um, ignore your boundaries or test your boundaries is if you're not holding to them solidly. Like if you say, you know, I'm not going to make your lunch anymore, but then you're like, oh, you know, mm, I feel kind of guilty. I probably should do that. Well, then they're going to go, great, cool. I get to just like do whatever and like say, oh yeah, I'll start doing that, babe. And then she's just going to start doing it again. And that's just one example, right? Yeah. I don't know. I couldn't think of another one. No, but, but it, that helps. Yeah. And I know it shows up with kids and all that kind of stuff, but it's like our word is mud. So yeah. like if we don't follow through with it, then yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And I love that she said that um, boundary is a, it's a self-respect thing. It shows that I respect myself this much and I would like you to be able to respect me in the same amount. And then when we waver on our boundaries, then it's like, a, eh, who cares? Right. Yeah. Like you're not that you continue to choose other people's comfort and other people's um, how they feel and acknowledging their emotions over your own. And that's just going to wear us mm. in. It's, yeah, that's exactly. where, that's where the blow up happens, right? People are like, I can't hold it in anymore. And then they blow because you haven't, you haven't showed people the level of respect that you deserve. Yeah. And the, the standard that you set for yourself. And the standard and that you set for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That container. Oh, huge. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what are, so I usually, uh, I end most podcasts with asking you a couple questions. So is there something that you do for yourself every day that shows that you choose you? 
Mm, that's a great question. Yeah. Every day, like, you know, and different or things. Or every different other people. day, right? Yeah, 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 right? yeah. Sometimes it's not every day. <laughs> totally, totally. And yeah, so, you know, I have to say journal practice for me is like game changing. Um, it sets up sort of that, that space for me to express whatever I need to express, whatever's in my mind that maybe is taking up space. Um, sometimes it's focusing on like gratitude and what I'm looking forward to that day. And then three amazing things that happened that day so that I can really be present in the moments. And I find when there's a couple of days where the journal practice, you know, falls by the wayside, that's when I just don't feel as connected to myself. So that is a practice that has helped significantly. And now I'm filling journals like three months and I need a new one because yeah. it's become such a consistent habit. Yeah. And sometimes okay. well, you just need some kind of space for you and yourself and your thoughts, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. My next question for you is, do you have a, a mantra or like a, a mm. saying or something that, you know, when you're just having those days, yeah. having those days and you're like, oh man, I just can't get through right now. Is there something that you remind yourself of so that you can center again? For sure. So kind of a two-parter, quickly going back to the journaling as another part of that, I'll write out some affirmations mm -hmm. every time I journal and I don't do it super consciously. Like I just write out whatever I'm feeling in that moment and trusting yeah. that like, okay, this is what I need. Um, but one thing that I've noticed, especially lately is um, just like being okay with where I'm at in any given moment of any given day. And that like, I am always doing enough. Um, I am enough as I am in mm -hmm. this very moment without even any of the doing and that sort of thing. Yeah. And there was one more thing I wanted to, to focus on with that, a mantra day and like, and setting that intention early that I do find tends to carry me through it. Yeah. And then coming back to that list, if I am having like one of those spaces where I just need to kind of like revert back and even outside of the mantra per se, I find music really helps me. So like oh. I'll put on one of my favorite songs or like jam out to that if I need a yeah. little bit of that energy shift. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. I really appreciate talking to you. This was fantastic. Uh, where can people find you? Yeah. So the place I hang out the most is really on Instagram. Yeah. So my handle at Danny Rayom, which, um, yeah, which we can share with you. And, uh, I, yeah, I just love hanging out and connecting with people on there and then yeah, online zoom calls for my coaching clients. Cool. So we will have all your, uh, we'll have your links, uh, in the description so that people can find you if they want to find you. And Danny, again, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the tidbits of advice you've given and the knowledge. And hopefully this conversation has planted some seeds of change in some people's minds and that they decide to, to finally choose them because they know that they're worth it and that they deserve it. So thank you all for being here. Uh, and thank thanks you. for listening to the Hype Squad podcast again. We'll see you soon. Bye. Hey, hey, Hype Squad listeners, it's your girl, Farrah, here. I just wanted to pop in and remind you to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. And feel free to leave a rating and review. Let me know what you thought, how you felt, and then share it on your social media. Take a snapshot and send it over to at Farrah Miltimore and hashtag Hype Squad Podcast so I can see all that you're doing and share it with everyone. So thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. And as always, get hype about life.